Welcome to the St. Andrew's Sunday Morning Sermon Podcast. You can connect with us online at www.gosaintandrew.com. In today's scripture, we encounter the prophet Jeremiah, who, against the backdrop of a tumultuous political landscape for Israel and Judah, envisions a hopeful future for the people of Israel. Jeremiah longs for a new covenant with God that would restore the people, drawing them from across all lands, as our scripture will tell us, in one great joyous homecoming. Today's scripture comes from Jeremiah 31 verses 7 through 14. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth. Among them, the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together, a great company, they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd of flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the heights of Zion and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. This is our final week in the Road to Bethlehem sermon series, so it's our last time singing this song together for now. Let's sing together, You Will Guide Our Feet. God, in all your tender compassion, dawn from on high, it will break on us. Shining on those living in shadows, guiding our feet into the way of peace you will guide our feet you will guide our feet 
sad to see that song go. Hopefully we can do that again sometime soon. It's been such a joy to, uh, to help choose songs that, that bring us into a, a place of hearing these sermons, of hearing God's word, and this has been one of our, our collective favorites on staff. So 2022, I don't know if you've seen memes or comments about it, but it seems different from years past. There doesn't seem to be as much talk about resolutions or fresh starts of a fabulous new year. They're more like, uh, let's tiptoe into the new year. Or I saw one the other day that said, nobody claim 2022 as your year. We're going to walk in real slow, be good, be quiet, nobody touch anything. And then I saw one last night that said, let's, let's maybe wait until June to, to celebrate this new year and, and see how it goes. It has been quite a few years, hasn't it? I wonder if people are going to get gym memberships tomorrow on Monday or whether they're going straight to the the February uh, Valentine candy, that, that may be my, my, just forget it, just go to the candy. Yeah, get us through this latest surge, right? For the last five weeks, we have been on this road trip through Advent, through Israel, through our emotions filled with anxiety and anticipation, through joy and grief, through love and loss. With our journey came hope and peace, joy and love in the midst of all of our emotions. We stopped by the sea and the river and the desert and the hill country and the fields. And then we started our way, our journey home. Last week we got to the neighborhood and today we're home or at least we're getting there. Home. There's an Oscar-nominated song that says, it's a four-letter word, a place to go to heal your hurt. It's an altar, it's a shelter, it's a place you're always welcome. A big flamingo double-wide, one bedroom in a high-rise. A mansion on a hill where the memories always keep you company whenever you're alone. After all of my running, I'm finally coming home. Then, of course, there's a favorite from The Wiz. When I think of home, I think of a place where love overflowing. Yeah, there, there are lots of songs about home because it's where we feel welcome. It's where we feel safe. It's where we're loved. It can be a place with memories and nostalgia. It can be a place or a person. We moved a lot when I was growing up, and so, um, and then I moved a lot into my early adulthood. My parents don't live in my hometown. In fact, I had a few hometowns. So my home is wherever Candy and Miller are. They are home for me. 
We just returned Friday night from a trip to Mississippi where we spent time with Candy's family and friends. Candy grew up in Brookhaven, Mississippi. It's an hour south of Jackson and two hours directly north of New Orleans. It's a small town. They got their first Mexican and Chinese restaurants when Candy was in high school. They have one high school, um, city high school, and, and one county high school. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, so pretty different. But I love it. it. It's my home away from home. Candy's parents, her grandparents, her great-grandparents all lived in Brookhaven. The street her parents live on is actually called Boyd Trail. It was on her grandmother's family's land. When I get there, I can breathe deeply, and not just because it's at sea level, <laughs> but because of the big trees that you see here, because of the cottage home, the long covered porch, the wonderful, wonderful food, and of course, deep hugs from our family and friends. And I don't know if you know this, but I love to nap. I've, I've found a few couches here in the church for, for some naps, yeah. I see a, a fellow napper back there. I mean, not that you were sleeping, you raised your hand. <laughs> I see some fellow nappers during sermons, but, um, but I sleep there like nobody's business. It's just the best. Our scripture today is from the prophet Jeremiah. Most of this book is about the Israelites being in exile. There had been a war over their land, and they had lost. Many of them were killed, some were kept as slaves, and the rest of them were deported, exiled to a place far away from anything that they knew. They were sent to Babylon for decades to live out their punishment. Can you imagine your home, your city, your country being at war on your land? Being forced to leave it all behind? It happens to people around the world daily. The mundane acts of brushing your teeth, of getting ready for school or work, of having birthday parties, of having babies, of having family members die and burying them, all done in a foreign land, not your home. Like I said, people are enduring this now, and certainly Israelites experienced it many times in the biblical times. But then they get this message from God through Jeremiah. See, I'm going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest places of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together. A great company shall see, you, they shall see return. They shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. What a hopeful, incredible message, right? The Lord says, I will lead you home. What does this mean for our Christmas story? 
And what does it mean for us now? We've been on this metaphorical journey together. We do it every year. We normally just call it Advent, the waiting time for Jesus to be born. But for us, Jesus has already been born. That was over 2,000 years ago. But we walk this path, we go on this journey each year to remember what it was like for the world over 2,000 years ago. The world that was fraught with war and disease and death and sadness and grief, all while hoping and waiting for a Savior to come rescue them, to save them, to bring joy and peace and love and victory. It's crucial for people to remember who and what came before. And as Christians, it's vital for us to remember that God worked with the Israelites for centuries. It was really an up and down relationship. I wouldn't call it codependency, but maybe. God wanted the people to return God's love and affection and obedience, but people are fickle, and they get lured by shiny things that pull us away from God. So God would get angry and send armies and put the Israelites in timeout for a few decades. I know that was brutal. I don't mean to make light of it, but it's just an odd relationship that God had. Then God decided to come to earth in Jesus. God became fully man while still being fully God. God breathed our air and walked our sod. I love that line from a song called Welcome to Our World. The God, the the creator of the universe, came here because God loves us and wants us to love God. In our world today, we need to hear that God still loves us and is walking our sod through us, for we are God's hands and feet. So each year we remember the first time that God entered the world and what chaos the world was in at the time and how they'd waited for their Savior to arrive. And we remember that we are so lucky because God is here now. We don't have to wait. Like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, we have to go through this journey and really go on it over and over and over again, year after year, so that we can remember that God was with us all along, and that God is still with us. That home is with God, and that we had the ability all along to connect. The journey of Advent, of remembering the angel coming to Mary, Mary breaking the news to Joseph, Mary visiting Elizabeth, the harrowing journey to Bethlehem, the birth in a barn, far from home with some random smelly guys hanging out who followed a star to today's group of guys. It's epiphany today. Happy epiphany. 
the day that we remember when the wise men followed a star to find a savior. The journey reminds us that we may wish for an easier life, safety always for our children, wherever they go, constant meaningful employment, that our family members don't get sick and don't leave us, that our earth would settle down and stop all the extreme weather phenomena. We go through this life doing our best and maybe we feel like God has punished us and sent us into exile. I would imagine those devastated by the Marshall Fire feel as though they are in exile. Our Afghan family that we heard about today has certainly felt that exile. Shoot, the last two years have felt like an exile, certainly from normal life. Kids weren't able to go to school. We weren't able to go to our workplaces. We couldn't travel to see family and friends and on and on. Exile, right? Maybe you feel a different kind of exile. So how does our scripture about the Israelites going home fit with Jesus' arrival in our lives now. Simply put, you may feel exiled right now by COVID, by life in general, by whatever means. In the midst of exile, the difficulties, the trials, the fires, all the things, God enters and God says, follow me. I will take you home. God guides the Israelites home. I mean, it's decades later, so they didn't know how to get home, and no Google Maps were to be had. And then God appears again, but in the flesh, to shepherds and to wise men and to a young woman and probably a really freaked-out husband. And then God appears again to you and to me and reminds us that God will guide us home. I imagine that you've read a story or two about heroic efforts involved in, with the Marshall Fire, and I know that there'll be many more that will, will come out in the coming weeks. This weekend I read about a woman named Megan Rickle a rodeo queen who was working with Boulder's mounted search and rescue team. And Megan and the team worked together to wrangle and rescue 10 neighborhood horses that were stuck in their flaming stomping grounds, the article said. When Megan got to her home, finally, it was on fire, and her horses were in her barn, which was on fire. And she was able to rescue her horses as well. These horses aren't home, but they were rescued from sure death. They're safe, and one day they'll be reunited with their humans who will rebuild their homes and barns and lives. In our Advent guide, Rev. Mark wrote that home is where the heart is. 
Home is where the familiar rhythms and routines of daily life form and sustain us. To be away from home for any length of time leads to homesickness. To return home after any length of time is to finally be at home in the world and to be at peace with ourselves. Where is home for you? Is it your house? Is it your family? Is it your church home? Is it a plot of land off I-55 in Mississippi where the trees are so big and the magnolias smell so good? We hope that St. Andrew, our community, is a place that you can call home as well. Whether you're joining us online from across the world, whether you're here, home from college, whether you're visiting folks who are members here, or you're literally here whenever the doors are open like Ken Couches, we hope you feel welcomed home here. Wherever home is for you, where you feel safe and loved and found, God can and will guide you if you let God. Let's pray that God guide our hearts this year, our hearts and minds, knowing that God came in the flesh not only to guide us in this life, but to guide us home ultimately in the next. And that day, that day will be a happy day.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. And if you'd like more information, go to www.gosaintandrew.com. See you next week.